You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson. Because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM and to the Dear Parliament show, where today I'm chatting to Rebecca Levenberg about the Bella Bill and how it affects homeschooling and remote schooling as such. Good day, Rebecca. How are you doing? Good afternoon, Rob. Thank you for having me on the show. And hello to your listeners. Fantastic. Now, now, Rebecca, you've been involved in the homeschooling, I shouldn't say, community for quite a number of years. Give us a bit of bit of history and background as to what your involvement is and what you've achieved with your homeschooling community. Well, for starters, I haven't personally achieved anything. I, I really like to think of it in terms of what we have achieved as a community together where many mothers and fathers like myself purely just get involved and um, participate as much as we can and everything that we can, you know, from from a grassroots level all the way up to government level. Um, it's pretty daunting for us, but um, we, we've actually made some waves and we've imprinted our approach to our lifestyles of homeschooling wherever we go and we've been hoping that that would have made more of a impact on government but um, yes we we just continue. Um, About myself I'm a homeschooling mom of four adult children and I started my social media support group for homeschoolers uh, in about 2008 and we really grew in leaps and bounds so Currently, it's it's the biggest, most active and engaging platform in the country. We we are extremely busy. It's it's at any time, day or night, you could go onto the group and there'll be parents chatting there, sharing their experiences, asking questions, sharing resources, and just being a support to each other in terms of homeschooling their children. We became a, a sort of an informal association somewhere between 2017 and 2019, and then also took part in the, 19, uh, the 2020 roundtable discussions with the Department of Education. That was just before COVID. So our involvement does go quite far back, but I would say that it has been very much a homegrown movement within the country, and we're only really becoming politically active as a community now. And what do you mean by politically active? I mean, <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned engaging with, with well, Parliament, but is it political or is it just um, governance? I think I think it's different for, for each parent. Some parents uh, are, are seeing this as a, as a political challenge. Others really do want to, to just participate. Many parents are afraid of the whole process and tend to shy away from it and you know, there's, there's sort of right to government in the background and they give through ideas via those of us who are willing to speak up on public platforms. So I think it's a little bit of everything and I'm not sure where it will end and, and if we will become very politically involved as homeschoolers or if we will do like we did somewhere in the in 2017 where we saw quite a... Um, a backlash to to the billable from homeschooling parents where many many parents just went underground they just dropped off the face of the earth in terms of, of being in communities they left Facebook and droves and um, actually many moved to rural parts of the country and just carried on about their business of, of raising their children and educating them out of fear for for what could possibly come um, I think that is, is possibly a, a not a good option because 
not being part of the process means we can't guide it at all. Yeah, that, that does sound rather concerning that you mentioned mm -hmm. a lot of people are, are fearful. What would they possibly be, be in fear of? Quite, quite a few things, but um, the billable in its entirety addresses all the main issues. I think for most of us, the biggest fear for homeschooling parents is that there would be legislation that would put us into a position of being criminalized for our choices. Already there, there is the, the aspect of jail time um, if, if you don't register. And most homeschooling parents don't register because the registration process is, is fraught with, with many problems. And it's also not clear what we're registering for. It, it's a scary process to basically sign a blank check of your children's future, hand it to an organization and then wait to see what happens later on. And we're, we're at the later on now, the billable is here and um, many predictions that were made by many homeschoolers over the years have materialized. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest fear is is the the consequences of non-compliance, and then of course parents are worried that if they are forced to adhere to the rules and regulations of the Department of Education, that they won't be able to cater for their children and their children's best interests. Um, we are a, a rather stubborn community. I think by nature of of um, homeschoolers, they, I don't know what to compare it to really, I suppose, like the prepper community. We like to do things ourselves, by ourselves and for ourselves, not because we are um, isolating ourselves from from communities or from society, but because we prefer to function from source. We want to raise our own children in the way that we see fit. And um, that's basically our, our agenda is that we just want to be parents and protect our children and make sure that our kids have a good start to life. And the, uh, the level of governance over that is concerning because there are persistent and consistent changes that don't work for us and for our children. That yeah, it is. It has been rather rather concerning to see developments and degradation in in South Africa's formal education sector. And there's there's no doubt that uh, I was mentioning earlier on in in the intro that our government seems to have their priorities completely completely skewed. Spending uh, the latest thing in the news this morning was 18 billion rand on relocating a few uh, government institutions mm. and and offices. Yet here we have the education sector, which is in dire need of of funds, of improvement, from absolutely everything to from infrastructure to uh, facilities to actually getting quality educators in. There, there's quite a bit of con controversy around uh, homeschooling them, and uh, where does this disorder come from? What what are the main uh, arguments against against homeschooling? Well, the arguments against homeschooling don't actually come from parents. It's from organizations. Um, and for the most part, from what I can tell, is that it has to do with the lack of micromanagement that organizations will have over certain kinds of funding. It always comes down to money. So if a child is homeschooled, the parent is the facilitator of all that the children do. And the parent decides what they're going to spend their money on. And they will decide that based on what the child's needs are. Not all children need to do a tremendous amount of sport or buy all the sport equipment or 
the clothes necessary for schooling, all the uniforms. You know, not all children need to get every single subject's books. The publishers stand to lose quite a bit of money in terms of, um, you know, what we're doing at home as homeschoolers. The, the main problem seems to be that the media constantly speaks about the socialization issues of homeschooling children, which is actually a non-issue. We've hashed this one out for so many years now, I don't even want to really have that discussion. Anybody's still querying that really just needs to, to do a bit of reading to find out that socialization um, and homeschooling are are actually best friends. Homeschool children are well socialized and not going to a school with 30 children of the same age uh, is not going to, to be a problem for kids. But that's yet still the, the thing that the media keeps talking about. So it creates a perception amongst the public who are not involved in homeschooling and who, who don't really know what to say about it. So they just take the cue from what they hear and then they regurgitate that. But if you speak to people who are in the homeschooling community, not even as homeschoolers themselves, but who service the homeschooling communities, are involved in, in maybe teaching or, or helping with sports and co-ops, um, that sort of thing. And in fact, many professional people like doctors and um, that kind of thing, where, where they see homeschooling children, they will be the first ones to tell you that homeschooled children are actually very well catered for and are doing very well. So there is definitely a disconnect in terms of what is really happening and what the public sees and what they actually speak about is happening in homeschooling. There is just, just too much misinformation. Indeed. I think the the most obvious point there is, as as you say, is a socialization issue, which is kind of thrown out the window over the past two years mm. with lockdowns and 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 COVID <laughs> and such. I think every every child and every adult has, has social issues right now. But that that being said, it it stands to reason that the homeschool school kids who've used to this this kind of environment will definitely uh, cope better with it and and walk out of not it. Not really. Walk out of it better. Not really? Re mm -hmm. not really, Rob. The the homeschool children suffered quite a lot during. COVID in terms of many of their activities and their busy social lives coming to a, an extreme halt. Um, th this is one of the big problems we felt. The academic side of things were fine because the children could continue doing their, their learning at home with their parents and their tutors because it was a minimal amount of contact you know, between people, so it wasn't a problem. But all the sports stuff and a lot of homeschooling um, is actually done on the sides of sports fields. The, the parents almost arrange their lives around whatever chosen sport that they're doing and, and some families I've seen do a range of sports. I don't know how they manage it, but they seem to. And they go from place to place, their children doing whatever sport they would prefer and the homeschooling fits in around that. So you wouldn't see a schooling day where everybody gets up at the same time and does maths together. There are some homeschooling families that do that, but on the whole, each family works out the dynamic that they need to for their home. And if they have, um, like a friend of mine, she's got a, a really good um, cricketer on her hands. So their lives revolve around their son's cricket. And the other children fit in with that, and they all love it. They they go into all the, the practices, and they meet a lot of people. They travel the country with that. And um, the, the academic 
learning part of that can be done from a book with one or two people. You don't need a classroom. In fact, you don't even need a desk. I did homeschooling with my youngest daughter on the grass next to the softball field for many years. And um, she loved it at the time. She wouldn't do it now because she's had enough of it. But the lockdown situation stole that from the homeschooling children. And it was very interesting to see that the comparison between homeschooled children and mainstreamed children um, during lockdown was that the homeschooled children actually suffered more, which spelled out, spells out to me that they've got a more active social life. It's, it's less regulated by bells and whistles. It's mm. literally just their lives that came to an end in terms of being able to integrate with society and community, which is why homeschooling is actually really good in terms of socialization because homeschooled children mix with everybody. You know, they go everywhere with their parents. They participate in the parents' businesses. And, um, you know, if you've got a, a yoga instructor mom, you're always at the yoga classes waiting on the side until she's finished. You meet new people. If they bring their kids along, um, they're there too. So. So it's a, it's a very active sort of lifestyle, and it is um, it's wonderful. So that that you won't get at a school. <laughs> you won't absolutely. You you, you got to have uh, often have to wonder because homeschoolers are generally there's. Well, first of all, let, let me actually start there by asking you one one question: Are you a stay stay at home mom? Yes, I am. Yes, you I are. am. Okay, great. <laughs> so let's. From from that point, are, are most homeschooling families? Do is there at least one stay-at-home parent in on in general? You know that's changed quite a lot now, but traditionally, yes, that is the the modus operandi of homeschooling. You you mm. sacrifice your 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 whatever you do want to do with your life, and you put aside your twelve years, and you stay at home, and you be with your children. Being a stay-at-home mom on its own is a lot of work. Adding homeschooling to that really actually changes it into a kind of a career. And there are many parents who do this and run a business from home. I'm, I'm in great awe of them. I haven't been able to do that myself, but um, I think all my extra time is spent um, on my my activist activities and my, my social media support group. So I suppose in a way that that, that is a... My, my part that I'm doing for myself, apart from the homeschooling and apart from being a mom in a home with, with many children and lots of people in and out. So um, it used to be that it would be the mother that would stay home and teach the children. And when I say teach, I'm putting it in inverted commas because we don't even consider home education as a, as a teaching journey. Parents are, uh, who homeschool tend to think of themselves as facilitators where they take the body of information, the contents or the concepts that they're presenting to their children as information that they're sharing with the kids. And very often the kids themselves actually do a lot of the research and come and teach the parents. I've learned so much from my children in our journey. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't have actually understood and learned this much in my life without the homeschooling process that my children went through. It's been fantastic for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I, I find that yeah, your, your kids tend to, to teach you stuff that you forgot at school or perhaps <laughs> didn't even notice at, at school because there were so, so many kids in the classroom. Mm. For me as a, as a kid, school was just a social activity. I, I, 
I'll not lie about that at all. I was definitely <laughs> not there to learn anything, and I couldn't. But it was definitely a, a social environment. And I think most kids, for most kids, it is exactly that. And therefore, being at home, you more disciplined, you with the parent or a, a guardian, and they're monitoring your, your every move. But not every parent has, has that opportunity or has that, that ability. We have single parents and and so on that don't have the support structures mm, mm. around them. And how do those parents approach uh, homeschooling, should they want to? Well, there is already quite a, a large sort of almost subculture of, of um, parents who, who are in that boat, who manage it in different ways. And I'd just like to touch on, on what you mentioned about um, your, your schooling experience being a social activity. It's not much different for homeschoolers. Um, I think children are like that just by reason of them being children. They learn through play. That is the only way that they naturally do things. So whether you're homeschooling or whether your child is in a mainstream environment, a child's natural tendency is to make light of and fun of what they're doing. And they actually learn in a kind of an incidental manner. So what a lot of homeschoolers do is they form co-ops or groups amongst themselves and the, the parents just meet up once or twice a week and in some cases every single day. And because that blossoms into a, an informal mini community of homeschooling, you often find that some of the parents are able to cut off a day here and there and focus on a career so they would be able to work from home or go into an office and leave their children with a couple of the other moms and dads and they sort of migrate from house to house or they go spend it at the zoo that day or you know they have various options of, of what they want to do so for many people who are perhaps single or who have just got too much in their lives happening that they can't spend every single waking moment of the day with their children, they form coalitions with other parents in the area and, and they support each other in that well, which is why homeschooling is so community-based. Apart from the fact that each family is a dynamic on its own, the, the different dynamics of the different families tend to gravitate toward each other. So you would find the very sort of happy kind of parents, they would go to... Um, well, we go to the bird park and the kids float around um, with their notebooks and pens making observations and we get together and have a picnic and then some kids would recite a poem and um, d depending on the situation, you know, one of the moms would take two groups of kids and the other one would go to work and someone would oversee maybe some maths. You know, it, it's really a mishmash of, you know, I suppose to an educator it would look like chaos but we're so used to it and the kids give us guidance in terms of what they have energy for, what they feel like doing, where they are on their level and how they can move from one phase to the next and we just let them. We're there in a supportive role as a parent and we're not actively teaching them unless we, we say, okay, you know, this kid is really not doing anything in way of, of um, sciences or anything in the way of math. So then we would step in and say, listen, I know you like your sports. I know you, you're good with this and that, but you've got to actually also pay attention to this aspect of your education. So 
we're going to make a little bit of a schedule for you. You can participate in that process. And the child learns by doing that to take responsibility of their own learning experience. And their education is eventually owned by themselves. And by doing that for a child, you foster a tremendous amount of um, self-assurance and a sense of responsibility for their learning. And if you start this at a young enough age, by the time the children are in high school, they actually need absolutely no assistance from teachers or parents to get down to the work that they have to do to now actually perform in terms of mainstream standards and write an exam to get a qualification. I think there is a lot of um, misconception out there about what homeschoolers do up until matric. We don't just float around at parks and suddenly sit in a matric exam. There is many years of many kinds of facilitation of instruction and teaching that goes towards it. But those last two to three years where we choose the exam program that we're going to go with, the kids are so well accustomed to taking control of their own education that they actually do that. They take their books they look through the entire syllabus. They divide it into bite-sized chunks. They put out their own schedule. In my children's case, it's actually quite um, extreme. They give me meal plans and what I have to prep for them. And they they, they schedule the the um, entertainment and when but when I've got to drop them off and pick them up. And I just go along with it. For me, it's it's easy because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I've got an extremely supportive husband who who helps me out with with the travelling anytime I need. But um, for parents who don't have that, I do think there would probably be a lot more planning involved in the process so that um, they can get to all the things they want to do. And as long as they're communicating with their children and letting their kids participate in the process, it's going to be a lot easier. There's nothing, well, I suppose all parents know this, there's nothing more difficult than making a child do something they don't want to do. Even if they do it, they're not present. It's, it's like a little robot doing its movements but they're not there so you, you can't win with the child that you just cannot win in that way you you have to get them to buy in to what you're doing and it homeschooling would be a massive flop if the kids weren't buying in and that alone is evidence of the fact that it is beneficial for children because they are enjoying it that that absolutely is and uh, you mentioned the the social aspect of it as well and i think that's a plays an important part and there's often there might be some confusion that as you mentioned earlier but it seems to me that the whole family gets involved in social social aspects and very much so that the the education is based around the socialization mm. and learning from mm. from experience and we're chatting to rebecca Edenberg, and we'll be right back after the break you are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Indeed, democracy doesn't just happen. It certainly takes a lot of work from us as individuals, as the citizens, and also by supporting civil activists who do the work and represent us. One of which we're chatting to today is Rebecca Liebenberg, a very active individual in the homeschooling homeschooling arena now rebecca back to the bella bill what what is your main concern uh, around this bella bill we've chatted a lot about homeschooling and uh, registration and and so on how does how does this bella bill um 
introduce monitoring, evaluating and so on of the various stages of your child's development at, in homeschooling? Oh, that is such a huge topic, Rob. Um, just before I start that, I just want to apologize for the noise in the background. We're installing solar panels. Um, oh, nice. Yes, because we can't function without all our devices for homeschooling anymore. I think we, we used to homeschool mainly from textbooks, but um, uh, we, we, we came into the, <laughs> the technological world now and my kids are are more more involved with that than they used to be. So solar power is the way we're going, but that's why there's a little bit of noise in the background, my apologies. No problem, it's better than load shedding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in terms of how the billable affects our very detailed assessment and monitoring of the, the academic side of, of homeschooling, is that it doesn't actually cater for us at all. I know that's quite a big thing to say, but the billable was originated to deal with the Schools Act and the the Employment of Educators Act. It it wasn't developed for homeschooling. We are very much an afterthought that was sort of squeezed into legislation where we don't fit. We we, we won't fit and, and in its current form we can never even hope to fit into that. The bill is sadly going to prevent all good homeschool, all that the good that homeschooling offers to children. It's going to prevent it. Parents are not going to be able to do what they need to do to cater to their children, given the very stringent regulations that, that they're asking of us. And some of it is downright ridiculous. It certainly is, is ridiculous. Just from the little bit that I have read through and some of the articles that, that I have read, yeah, there, there does seem to be a major concern there from from the department and from the, the homeschooling environment themselves. The, the, the Department of Education's main concern is that they want all South Africans to be granted the right or an access to quality education as set out in the Constitution. And perhaps they're concerned that certain homeschoolers won't be providing that, that mm, quality mm. education. No, yet, yet you, all, you all are, you still have to write exams, of course, don't you? Yes, no, no, obviously. Um, I think here's the problem. I agree with that part that the department is saying. We None of us are saying that we, we don't want quality education for our children. In fact, I think this is where we, we seem to be speaking past each other. I, I do understand that the government is trying from their part to make sure that there is provision for all children. And that's absolutely good. That's, it must be done that way. But homeschooling is a lifestyle approach to learning. And that is where the quality of the education comes from. There, there is many different aspects of education that can be deemed as quality or non-quality. And we haven't had those discussions with the Department of Education because they're not really looking at homeschooling. The isolated incidents where children are neglected or they're not actually being given an education are in fact not homeschooling. Those are not people that are part of our community. Those are people who are doing their own children an injustice and in order to hide from the government and in terms of the welfare of their children, they're using the label of homeschooling. They're not catering for their children. And 
it's actually been quite a source of, of contention for us that the government keeps pointing to the, the issues, you know, around welfare, where there's this horror house of abused children or a family of kids that, that never learned to read and write. These are not homeschoolers. I, I really wish <laughs> that homeschooling wouldn't be lumped together with, with such social ills because it's, it's not what we're doing. It's a big step for a parent to take a child out of school and quit work, give up all their time and stay at home and just focus on this one thing that is their children's education. But if they're doing that, it's because they want to. It's because they're invested and they're, they're planning for it and it it's their passion in their life. So to regulate that means that the government would have to first understand it. They would have to know what it is they need to regulate and what sort of um, minimum standards to, to to implement, for instance, to help the parents who might want that kind of help or need that kind of help. There are parents who feel they have no other option but to homeschool. Not that they are anti-school or they don't like it, but they feel that that is the only option. And they would love to be able to turn to the Department of Education and say, guys, you know, we really need your guidance. We need your help. We need your input. Show us what to do. And this is where the government is actually failing homeschoolers. There are parents that want that and they're not giving it to them. Instead, what they're doing is creating rules and hoops for everybody to jump through um, to adhere to their sort of contrived and imposed ideals of what is quality education to parents who are already providing something possibly superior for their children. And then when they've got to jump through all those hoops, they neglect their kids in terms of how they've planned their education journey. So this micromanagement of daily life of homeschooled children is actually impeding homeschooling. No, no doubt. And I think it's definitely, as you say, because of the lack of understanding as to what mm, homeschooling mm. is. A lot, of, a lot of parents think it will be just a a classroom environment at, at the home and a lot of parents aren't prepared for that. But mm-hmm. as, you, as you said earlier on, it's more about, and I, li- I like that, that word, that phrase that you used there, the li- a lifestyle approach to learning, because it definitely <laughs> is a shift in, mm-hmm. in lifestyle and so on. And Rebecca, unfortunately, we've, we've run out of time once once again, and this is a fantastic discussion. And I, I'd actually love to continue this this discussion perhaps perhaps at a later stage next week or the week after if you are if you are definitely available um, if, boys game. <laughs> brilliant and if our listeners want want to uh, continue this discussion there's a lot to talk about in the homeschooling environment let us know send a message to three four five one nine and do you want do you want to continue this conversation and let's make sure sure it happens rebecca thanks so much for your time Thank you so much as well. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic and enlightening. I definitely have to say that. And let's encourage our listeners to go have their say on on this billable, as it will no doubt affect them, whether you have kids in school or not, or mm. plan to have kids in school or not. There's definitely something for you to have have a say on, as it affects the future of of our country. And that brings us to the end of the Dear Parliament show for today. If you missed it, you can make sure or be sure to catch up with the podcast on Spotify or on our website at www.chaifm.com. And that's it until next week. And remember to stay democratically engaged, active 
and responsible. Ciao for now.